Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Engston. All right, welcome to the Built to Grow podcast. I am your host, Tim Lyons, and in the studio today, folks, the miser of mindfulness, Randy Engston. We have a special guest in the house. We have a good friend of mine, mentor, somebody you've heard about in the books and also in this very podcast, Rick Mayo. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. So we got a sponsorship today on today's show, sponsored by 1792 Whiskey Single Barrel. Mm. Mm. <laughs> good. So, so Rick was in town, and he gave me a holler. He was leaving Atlanta this morning, and he said, Hey, Tim, you know what are you guys doing? I said, Just grinding, because that's what we always do. Mm, but uh, he wanted to hang out. I said, Come on by, and let's jump on a podcast. So totally unplanned, but I know you guys are going to get some good value out of this one because, well... 1792. And consider, right. consider the source. Yeah, and the source, obviously. So, Rick, you're in town. What are we speaking about over there? We're going to talk about something we we call job of the product. Job of the product. Yep. So, essentially, a concept around, you know, what is the true job of a product or service? And once you know that, how much easier you can align your marketing, your customer experiences, and nice. totally integrate your nice. business to what that job is. So. Yes. You know, I like to do, you know, you guys know I like to do a lot of continuing continuing education. Totally, and, uh, yep. Harvard, actually, Harvard Business School offers a really cool suite of, of online courses that you can take. I remember when you were taking that. Yep, yep, yep. The concept was taught by Clay Christensen, who's the head of their Harvard Business School. Okay. You know, one of the most innovative business minds of our age, for sure. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting way to look at your business, a cool lens to put on to look uh-huh. at it. Once you do it, it, it changes a lot about how you think about what you really do for your customer. Right. Yeah. In really the gym is. setting, in any setting, because it's obviously all yeah. business, but you relate it. Because I remember you speaking about this at mm-hmm. the, the last event, and I know a lot of, and it was a really good thing. And actually, I took this what you told me back to the to the team, and it, it opens your perspective a little bit, right? Yep. It's like, what are we really doing here? And I know that, you, you know, they have that, that analogy with the milkshake. It was actually yeah. really eye-opening. So, yeah, very cool. Very cool. How long are you in town for? Uh, just two days. In two and days, out. In yep. and out. Are you, so for those of you that don't know Rick, let me, I, I should have, I think like everybody knows Rick because I do. <laughs> I should uh, should kind of introduce Rick for a little bit. So if you haven't heard in the last part, like a couple podcasts ago, and if you haven't read the book, I met Rick back in, I want to say about 2009. It's been about 10 mm-hmm. years now. And I, got, and I got referred to you by Thomas Plummer. And he said, hey, you got to go talk to Rick. And, and, and I go out and met Rick and he's running an operation that's just crushing. He's doing seven figures. And this is in 2009. And you opened in 1992? Correct. So you don't want to say his age, but my man's been around the block a little bit, and he's learned some things, but he's very successful. And, and I basically, I feel like I was one of your first clients on that level, coming yeah. out, yeah, it's true, paying you know? for your time. Yep. And, and I feel like I catapulted you personally into all the rest of your success. <laughs> well, Just launched you right into it. Yeah, you know, it's funny you should say that, you know, <laughs> because I was going to mention that, that 
if I've had any success at all since 2009, it's definitely because of me. Credited to none other than Tim Lyons. Yeah, yeah. So I just want everyone on the podcast to hear that and uh, to go on record and state that now. Yeah, I don't want to toot my own yeah. horn a little bit, but that that's that's the beginning of your story. You've gone on to create something called Alloy Personal Training Solutions, I think it's called, mm-hmm. and the official name. And it's really taken off. You're in how many different clubs right now? Yeah, so we've licensed uh, 2,000 clubs. What? Wow. A little under, That's worldwide. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, you, you start something in college, right? And there's uh, <laughs> a side hustle almost, right? Just a, a way to, to make some money and pay your way through school and then to, to see it grow. I mean, it wasn't certainly not overnight success. No, no. But um, to see it grow and be in 2,000 clubs so, worldwide. So pretty, Alloy, pretty cool. explain for everybody that hasn't heard of Alloy, mm-hmm. what exactly is Alloy Personal Training Solution? Yep, so it's um, it's a license, which okay. uh, I guess for lack of, uh, I mean, that could mean a lot of things. In, in our terms, it's kind of like a franchise light. So it's sort of a turnkey systems to run your business. Right. Um, and it's everything from sales systems to the actual programming itself, so writing of the workouts. We have a nice online platform where we distribute it, and people run it behind their banner. So we fly behind every brand from CrossFit to Gold's Gym to Anytime Fitness to, I mean, you name it, independent mom and pop training clubs as How well. How cool is that? That's got to really feel good. It does. It really you does. think about that, if everybody's listening, what Rick started in 1992 and created in his own facility in Atlanta area and grew that into a new brand, Alloy, is now being used in over 2,000 different locations worldwide. Some of the top brands that you've ever heard of is doing what this man's telling them to do more or less the programming at least is coming from HQ. So that's awesome, man. That's I appreciate super cool. that. Yeah. yeah, it really is. You know, it's like, uh, I know you guys understand this, but once you get things rolling, you, uh, it's easy to forget where you started. And then just every now and then you shouldn't do it too often, but every yeah. now and then you get a little break in the action and you sort of take stock of where you are and maybe where you started. And it's, uh, it's pretty humbling, honestly. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Pretty awesome. cool. And so Alloy being a training solution for big box gyms, small box gyms, whatever, personal training studios is now evolving. Are we allowed to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Tell, tell me the next phase of what Alloy is going to become. Yeah. So, you know, it's been an interesting shift in the industry overall. So I think when, when we first started, you know, I'll back up a minute to like, why did we start a licensing program? And everyone's like, wow, you know, I want to, you know, was that part of your bigger plan? I'd like to do something similar, whatever that is. And the honest answer is no, not at all. So when we started, it was, um, you know, we were just plugging away, doing a little bit of consulting for other training gym owners like us. And a Gold's Gym guy from our market stopped by and said, mm-hmm. hey, you know, can you take what you're doing and put it into my gym to replace our training department? Okay. So I literally had to take someone coming into my gym and beating me over the head with it. To create the product. For me to be like, oh, that's a good idea. So I didn't come up with the idea at all. I'd love to take credit for it. But we just responded to a request and it jumped off from there. And so... oh. At the time, no one was really doing Mm-mm. turnkey personal training solutions or any kind of programming or sales systems or anything like that. So it was a very unique, uh, uniquely better product, as we say, right? Well, fast forward to now with the explosion of all the studio brands, whether it be an Orange Theory or what have you, and the, the fast growth in that segment, most every large brand, the big club guys, they understand that it's something they have to have. And if you look, whether it's Lifetime Fitness, Gold's Gym, whatever, they typically have essentially now a corporate solution, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we didn't get to them at the corporate level, like we did with say in any time, they've come out with a corporate solution. And, and honestly, they're pretty good. I mean, yeah. most of them are pretty good. They're really good value in their own brand and everything else. So um, we've noticed that, of course, that will shrink, right? As the markets always change and you got to be aware, but that sort of shrinks our capacity to sell into the big clubs. 
So we've noticed our evolving customer is the more of a training club guy. Yeah, sure. And okay. uh, we've always had both. We've always been about a 60-40, right? But if you look at the training club customer for us, the best vehicle for that type of customer is really a franchise model. So what we're currently doing is is moving from a licensed model into okay. a franchise model. And the real difference for anybody that's listening that's like, well, what's the difference is essentially you'll be able to run our name on the front door and we'll be able to give you a better support system, right? Right. Business system, software suggestions, kind of bundle it all up and just give you a business in a box. Boom. Whereas now, you know, people sort of pick and choose what they need from us, which sounds great. But if you ask me, Tim or Randy, like, hey, I want to go to a club and see what Alloy looks like. It's going to look different no matter where you go sure. because they're cherry picking the parts and pieces that's they a, want. That's a great Good point. in some respects, you know, bad in others. Yeah. So um, we're super excited. Obviously, franchising is very litigious and sort of heavy business to set up. So that that's part's been a bit of a challenge, but yeah. I've learned a ton and um, we're super excited about where we're headed with it. Man, yeah. that's awesome. So what's the uh, what's the forecast look like? Do we have any grand scheme plan of how many total clubs over time? Or Yeah, I mean, listen... You know, our goal now, and, and I'm sure we'll learn as we go, is uh, 350 in five years. Nice. Which, here's some interesting stats I learned about franchising. You know, we've had access to, let's just say, Anytime Fitness. Super impressed with those guys. You know, the, the Chuck and Dave founders are great dudes. The franchisees are, are solid. It's just a really well-run business. And you know, to us, that's been normal, right? That's, that's our peak under the covers is at that one. And it turns out they're just a complete unicorn. Yeah. So there's 3,800 franchises in the U.S. of all different types. Think okay. pizza, you know, Subway, whatever that is. Okay, 3,800 different brands out there. 38 Any... total franchises that have that started in low, the U.S. Actually, but okay, it's, it's, yep. it is surprisingly low. So 3,800 yeah. total. Okay, 3,800 total. Only 15% ever bust 50 units. So that means only 15% of those 3,800 ever open more than 50 stores, stores or have more than 50 franchisees. That's crazy. Yeah, so we ha- we hired a great company to help us sort of walk us, handhold us through the franchise process since it's kind of complicated. Yeah. So you, you paid for somebody else's expertise. We did, and we uh-huh. paid handsomely for <laughs> someone else's expertise. But I'll tell you, being as far into it as we are, it's been invaluable. I would pay uh-huh. at least that. Yeah. You know? And it, it was probably Don't the best thing. Don't let them hear this. Done. Don't let them hear this. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, hopefully they're not listening in, but it's too late. We've already got it. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, in, in walking through, you know, when they sit down and say, hey, let's formulate a goal. Where do you guys see yourself being in five years? You know, of course, I'm thinking through the lens of 5,000. So I flippantly say, like, I don't know, 3,000, you know, and the guy almost <laughs> like, falls out of his chair, right? He's like, <laughs> and he's like, let me share a few stats with you. And I almost wish he hadn't done that. But at the same time, 350, if you think about 15% having more than 50, right, that's still pretty aggressive. And, and yeah, I absolutely. think we can get there. Yeah. And I mean, listen, we've We've got a pretty good reach in the industry, and uh, I know it's maybe a different customer mm-hmm. than we've been servicing, but um, yeah, I think we could do it. I know you can do it. I mean, yep. everything you've done is pretty much panned out. I mean, I'm sure you've yeah. had some some failures somewhere. I mean, little ones here and there, but everything no, that never, never, never <laughs> failed. Not one fail. Your never. execution. So, so Randy, you mentioned real quick, and I know this ties back to another episode. Is you know, here's Rick at the yeah. at the level he is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to do something. What does he end up doing? He hired a coach. Hired a coach. Yeah. That's obviously that's something that we, we talk about consistently is entrepreneur being an entrepreneur, you feel like you're out on an island. And a lot of these mom and pop facilities, you know, standalone gyms that aren't under a franchise or under a corporate brand, they don't know where to go. They don't know how to progress. They don't know what to do. And we're big proponents for finding a coach, finding a mastermind group, finding some way of finding that education, shortening the time it's going to take you in order to reach that solution. 
reach that that goal. Yep. I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, this is a good parallel to maybe some of the things you guys are doing now, right, with your coaching groups and and mindset coaching things like that. You know, when we bought into this franchise group, you're talking about well into the six figures to just to have them tell us how to do it, right? Right. But I mean, how invaluable is it when you get someone who shows you they help you build your business model, right? They tell you how to sell a franchise. I've never sold a franchise, right? You know, it's it's different than a license. So every little step of the process has been mapped out for us. And if I'm good at anything, like if I'm going to pay that money, yeah. I'm going to follow those directions to a T. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Why oh, would yeah. I not? Why like, would you not? I'm right? literally putting my trust and money towards, you know, what I consider to be the best in the business as far as expertise to do anything other than what they told me would be absolute insanity. Right. So. And all the time it happens. It not, does. Not at, maybe not at that level. And, and, and this brings up a great point that we talk about price and perceived value. And when, when you charge enough for your training services, for your coaching services, the people that pay the most pay attention the most. They value. Yep. They well, value it's like, it's like clients in your training. gym, right? Yep. So who has the best retention rate of any clients in our gyms? The ones that pay the most. Yep. That's not just because the product that they get, there's some psychology around paying more and then it disturbing you enough to actually use it and take advantage of it, right? right? So it's right. the same kind of thing, so. And it goes back to if you're undercharge or if, if something's free. Free. Like a free offer, there's no skin in the game. There's no reason for somebody to come in and use that. Yep. Well, that's that's the that's the catch 22. I want a bunch of leads, but my thing is free. Now they're not coming in, what's the problem? I mean, yeah, yeah, there's pros and cons to everything and that's one of them. But to, to your point, the more that you pay, the more that somebody's going to pay attention, right? The mm-hmm. more that somebody yep. pays. So going back to Alloy, we've got this new franchise model. This is great. Being the licensee in all these gems, obviously you serve all different types of clientele. And I'm we sure do. you've got services for you know the younger demos and the higher demos, older, older, higher, training demos, team training. I like higher, just higher. personally. Yeah, yeah that's just much better of, word. Yeah, I'll <laughs> old, take that. Older demos. Are we changing direction? With alloys, when we go into the franchise model, is that going to look any different than what you're doing now? Actually, yeah. So what we found in, in, in the 27 years that we've been in business, and we opened up, by the way, um, we did open a concept gym three years ago to stress test our proposed model, mm-hmm. and it worked out really well. Yep. So we're not just blindly going into this. So we have all this empirical evidence from all these people that we work with. And what we found is the most successful training gyms are typically doing more, per, what we would describe as personal training. They might be doing it in a small group setting so you can scale it a little bit, not one-on-one mm-hmm. so much, or maybe a little bit of one-on-one, right? But those particular clubs, whether it's in our STS business coaching group or Alloy Licensees or you and I in these side conversations, those are the gyms that are typically doing the best, right? Right. So when we look at it, there's no one in that space right now. You know, you've got sort of your Orange Theories and all these hit franchises, and they're all chasing, you know, 30-year-old moms, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. The same avatar everyone all of them yeah and so what i will tell you is when we looked at going to franchising i would not want to be the 35th guy coming out with a hit franchise now it's just too late you know honestly it is so what does that mean well we're going to go you know we're going to sell to and service what we think we know well and what we've done and honestly i mean we'll call it active aging which is maybe not the best term but just think about 50 plus 50 right? plus yep and, and what brand out there is serving that market they're not. I mean, everyone speaks to it. If you go to Ursa sure. or you read any metrics, everyone's like, this is the future. I mean, look at some of the yes. metrics that we can pull immediately, right? You know, 70% of all disposable income in the U.S. is held by people 50 plus. Hmm. Yeah, wow. only 5% of marketing dollars are spent there. Hmm. So, this, oh. so this isn't just for <laughs> this isn't just for fitness. I think intuitively, 
anyone that we work with that does well, they, they service that clientele. It's where they make their big money. Yeah. But this is for anybody in any business. Why would you not want to service that market? They spend twice as much online as people under 50. It's a is that common, true? That's a, that's a hundred percent. So true. fifty and over spend twice as much online as fifty and under. Anybody under fifty. That's correct. Online, not online. in person, not over no. the disposable Wait a income. minute. Think online. about think online. Of, think about the Amazon users sure. today, and they're the ones over there that fifty and over crowd are over there just pounding away on that little phone. Well, what's buying the fastest everything. growing group on Facebook? Fastest growing? Well, I know the slowest growing is the youngest. So right. the fastest growing is got to be the oldest. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they're getting it's older, like, and the longer they're staying on the platform, they're kind of bumping up by default. Right. But they're staying on the platform. Yeah. Whereas and the younger ones are, they're they're going off Instagram, Snapchat, uh, you know, yeah, TikTok. Yeah, yeah we could talk to that. I mean, you, you know, the the young, shiny ball syndrome. You know, for so many. Well, it, doesn't it's, that though, what's the latest and greatest type of thing? You know, and doesn't that parallel with what we're talking about in fitness, right? Like that's the person who's going to buy class pass and jump to fifteen different different fitness they're brands. The, they're the ones boxing, buying the group, cycling, the groupons, yes, yes, time yes, and yes. time again, not committing group, to anything. Right? Absolutely, you got fifty Absolutely. plus. It's like I can do the same amount of marketing and get a fifty-five year old guy with a hip replacement. I'm gonna get him three days a week for ten years. Ten right? years, right. thirty-eight months at three hundred seventy bucks a month. Which speaks to the uh, uh, the biggest number that we talk about the most. Is your lifetime client value. Lifetime client value. Yeah. That's, uh, it, now, let you, me ask you this. When you, you do a lot of coaching, sure. how many gyms that you speak with know what that number is? Offhand or before I teach them what that is? Oh, when, right, <laughs> when, right when you talk to them. When the first, you first, first ask call, them. I have 20% maybe. Okay. Not even. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. That would be, and that would be an estimate. That would be knowing the, and it, it, would, it wouldn't be an actual number. It would be an estimate based on, you know, on average, people stay with me about a year. Yeah, they you know don't I mean? know. It's not a hard number. It's not, hey, cool. I was on, my, I pulled my mind body reports and I know for a fact this is. But you, you're, you're basically telling me that you think it's a, a really important number. It's crucial. Right. I mean, right. I, especially so, coming for from. For the sake of this podcast, uh, <laughs> know for, the lifetime value for, of yeah, customers. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you take one thing from today. Right, yeah. Um, obviously, w- with us and our background through this point in marketing, Yes. Cost per acquisition versus lifetime value is probably the, you know, that's the, the ratio, the dynamics. That's the important aspect of the marketing. That's how we win, we measure wins and losses. Front-end revenue is exactly where everybody's focused right now. And these six-week challenges, these win-back options, these bait-and-switch campaigns, guys, it's great when you can add 50, 60, 80, $100,000 to your, your you know, gym in a short period of time. But none of those clients are staying in your business six months from now. And so it's great for cash flow, it's great for influx, and it's a great, you know, shock value, but you're not growing your business. Right. It's, it's a, yep. a short play. And that's not obviously like, you know, listen to the experts that are telling you longevity, sustainability, growth, and you have to focus on the true numbers that move your business. Yep. Exactly. And we did this exercise when I was talking to you about who, who like, hey, we ran all of our numbers and we've really, it's pretty clear the clients that pay the most stay the longest. I said, they, anybody that spends three ninety nine or more with us, about 36 months, I told you that. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, 375 is uh, 38, 38 months. months. Yep. Like, wait a minute. And then I said, hey, anybody that's in our team training, like 149 and under, they're about nine months. 10 months. 10 months. It's the same thing. And so that that was a year and a half, maybe a year ago now, and all of my marketing's changed too. Look at our website. You look at our app. Look at everything's a little bit older. I know some of our clients are, are listening. That's not the hit. It's just we want to serve you. And, you know, a lot of the marketing out there isn't pushing towards no. this older. I mean, why would you have a, a 28-year-old super buff, hot 
girl doing some ridiculously hard exercise when you're your real customer, if you want to make money, is probably fifty six. Yeah, well, I, I can like tell that. you a million reasons, but isn't money making money is not one of them. Not one yeah. of them. <laughs> True. Yes. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. But yeah, I get that. I get that one hundred percent. But so go back to your original question. You know, not. I mean, there's no one that's in that space meaningfully, right? And that's where we feel like there's a gap. So there was. You remember? Um, there's one on one franchises out there. We won't name yeah. them, but there's one on one franchises, and that's. Just a tough model because it's not scalable, right? Got a million hit franchises. And, and listen, they've done really well. So credit to a lot of those guys. They've really done a good business. But everything in fitness, especially these little micro trends, they come and go pretty quick, you know, maybe seven years, maybe 10 tops. Well, we've been in it for 27 years. You've been in it for a million years. Right? Randy's been in it for a while. Like all these gyms we work with have been in it. They've all made this sustainable long-term income on the market that we're going for, right? Yeah. So the key is, I think the the... The key is how do you speak to that crowd without making it seem like an old person's gym? Because, I mean, it won't be long until I'll be in that category. I don't want to go to an old person's gym. Yeah, you know what I mean? right, so, right. so that's <laughs> you, you, the key. And we think we've got it figured out pretty good with a little, with your help as well yep. um, to do that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting, man. I mean, that's where it's at. That's good. And everybody speaks to it for any business. So if we can hit it like we think we will, it's going to be pretty meaningful. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. Yeah, and I could tell you're in a great mood all the time. I mean, you're, with, we talk about momentum. When entrepreneurs have momentum, mm-hmm. they're happy. And when momentum slows, they're slow. And I can tell you're on this upswing of high momentum, a lot of things moving and shaking. You're flying around. You're doing these franchise meetings. You got some big plans coming. You're probably pretty happy. Of course. So that's, that's the good feeling. That's the good feeling that entrepreneurs get. And this is, this is a deeper topic. I'm just going to flip it and go right over here to it because why not? People that are listening to this are entrepreneurs. I heard a guy that I used to uh, be in his mastermind group, a guy named uh, Russell Brunson, say this, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I couldn't figure out when I went on vacation why I wouldn't be able to relax. I couldn't, I couldn't go out there, have a great time with the fam, and just kind of relax. I just didn't understand why. And it really came down to momentum. As an entrepreneur, work isn't work. It's you enjoy it. You don't feel like work. And while the outside looking in feels like, hey, man, you're working your ass off. You need to go take a vacation. You need to take a break. I think about that. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm actually enjoying what I do. Mm-hmm. And it really, and what, what he said this, I was like, and so I had my wife listen to it. It makes a lot of sense. And here's what he said. He said, 
when entrepreneurs have momentum in their lives, they're happy. And when they don't have momentum, they're sad. And so when going on vacation and unplugging, they lose that momentum and they feel sad about being there. Not sad, but just not uneasy, on edge. And I felt this way my whole life and I never understood it. Why? And so what I do in the, in the way to work around that is to create momentum prior to you leaving and go on vacation. So you carry the momentum through that vacation. So for me, what we do is I'll create a campaign that's going to be an automation when I'm gone. So when I'm at the STS or I'm out doing something and I'm like looking at the sales coming in, that makes me feel good because I know that I set that momentum up and it's just like, that's it. It's not work to us. You're not, you're traveling, you're working your ass off, you're doing all this stuff you're doing. It doesn't feel ne- like I've, work. I never feel like I'm working. We live for results. Yep. Yeah. And, and if we're not achieving growth or decay, we talk about it all the time. This is like ingrained in the way that I think. Yeah. But if, if I'm not achieving results in every pillar of life, I feel like I'm stagnant. I feel like I'm dying. I feel like there's not new blood. There's not, I don't feel myself. Yep. And uh, we, there's another thing that we do. And Tim and I have been on numerous trips together. We, t- we set up launches and we set up activities to do while we're away that we enjoy so that. It's different, but we keep that momentum going. Um, I mean, we've launched products. We've launched brands. You know, Jim Shirt Club happened in a weekend in San Diego at Traffic and Conversion. We're like, hey, you know what? (laughs) This is something he's said on this idea for a long time. We had all of the pieces together. We're like, let's just go make this happen. And so we set that goal. We went to Traffic and Conversion. And the day we checked into our Airbnb, I said, by the time we leave here, this business better be launched. And so we went to the event, we came back, we worked all night, we went to the event, we worked all night. And we, by the end of it, we had our launch and it was out there and we were already making sales by the time we came home. We met the supplier at that event, remember that? Yeah. And we created this momentum while we were out on vacation. So it was like super cool. And yep. so I could feel like that's how you're feeling because you're like, yeah. all, you know, pumped up all the time, which is awesome. No, that's great. I mean, <laughs> do you guys ever read uh, Jim Collins's book? He had, he had uh, Good to Great, good to great. right? Yeah. And then he had Great by Choice. And, and, he, and in Great by Choice, he talks about this um, two guys, the, the first two guys, and of course their names escape me. It probably has to do with this, whatever we're drinking here. But um, these two dudes are basically racing to be the first one to the South Pole, right? Okay. And they take on two different strategies. And so one guy, like, he, he gets up, and if, like, it's a nice day, he goes all out, right? And if okay. it's, like, if it's crappy one day, he'll do, he'll do really bad weather, he'll wait, you know? And then the other guy does a strategy that was coined in the book as the 20-mile march. So good or bad weather whatever he's going to do 20 miles systematically every single okay. day right okay and of course the one guy got within you know miles of the south pole and it didn't make it ended up perishing right the other guy made it right no big deal so it was just <laughs> no big deal yeah. yeah illustrating the 20 mile march and what they're talking about in great by choice was like the the companies that do over time much better just diligently do the 20 mile march work and i think for for me anyway just to to pass this back to you guys to see what you think. I struggle with that. Like at the, at the conceiving an idea early on and getting momentum. And of course I got a pretty big team. So like, you know, hell I was just in New Zealand for a month riding a motorcycle. Yeah, we it's know. like, we saw it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah whatever. But, mm-hmm. I'm, but stuff's being done. Right. Yeah. So like people are executing a plan of attack and we're moving this thing forward. So there's still that momentum there. Like hundred percent sure this thing's going to work. So we're going to get the franchise up and rolling. Once we hit our stride and we're moving along, that's where it's most dangerous for me. How do you, does that make sense? Yes. So, so yes. the thing's running, but you have to do your 20 mile march. Like you can't just abandon it and jump onto a next idea. That's the bane of the entrepreneur. So you, I'd like to hear what you guys think about that. Like uh, From a mindset, I mean, that's the way I struck her every day. 
You know, the, it's the small things built up over time. One of my favorite books is The Compound Effect. And it's it, it literally breaks down the simple little things that you do every day. Comp- apply it over time. You know, $2, $3 at Starbucks every single day. People are doing it every single day and then they don't understand why they have no disposable income or I can't afford that or I can't buy this. Mm-hmm. You buy that, you, you take that same Starbucks cup of coffee. I don't remember the numbers and the timeline offhand, but in the book, I mean, he literally tells you exactly how long it's going to take before you can buy a Mercedes with your Starbucks money. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, to Rick's point, yeah, it's the it's the mundane activities, yeah. the tasks that you have to do every day. How, I fight this too. I get these big ideas. I go crush these things and everything's great. And a guy named Frank Kern mentioned this in in his uh one of his podcasts the other day, not even, like maybe a week ago, the same th- thing. He goes, I work with gy- uh, gyms. I work with businesses all the time. And they go and we talk to them and it's like, hey, well, where where is their money coming from? How did, how did that work for you? And they said, well, we did this one thing and it was, it was amazing. We made all this money and then we did this and this, and it wasn't making money. Well, wait a minute, go do the thing, go back. And they pay this guy money to tell him this, go back and do the thing that was making you all the money. That's the, the, the mundane task. That's a 20 that you, mile march. Yeah, the yeah. 20 mile march. And I would say this too, as you scale your business, like I think it's your job as a leader and entrepreneur to be a thought leader, right? And, and to tell your team what's possible and to come up with these grand crazy ideas and to drive your team to think that those things are possible and to get them to move that direction. Right. But you have to have, if you're not going to do it yourself, you have to be sure that you don't communicate every harebrained idea to your team. All that, (laughs) as they say, shit rolls downstream. Right. So your guys get really confused and they'll hear that you're just scatter shooting (laughs) the room, right. Where it's like, let them do the 20 mile March because you're not going to be able to, your job is to decide what's next. Right. Mm -hmm. It is as a leader and to get your team to understand buy into the vision and to let them know that you can get there probably quicker and better than they think that you can. Um, but you've, somebody's got to do the 20 mile March. Somebody has to do it. So if it's not going to be you, you gotta, you gotta get your team in place, give them those objectives and then let them do their work and don't barrage them with a ton of crazy ideas. Here's my question for, for, for the both of you, you know, as business owners yourselves, respectively, when you get that feeling, that momentum slowing, that you're not, you know, at the top, what do you do? Do you lean on others? Do you go back to what you knew w- was working? Uh, how do you individually, what, what is your method for getting back into momentum and pushing forward? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take first and you Great, go. But good. I would say that it's not so much that like, it's not when the momentum is slowing that the business is bad. That's the thing you have to remember, right? Yep. So like Tim creates a new concept or something, new marketing company, gym shirts, whatever that is. He launches it. It's doing well, and it might even be growing at a pace that you had originally planned. Mm. You are the one that doesn't want to do the 20-mile march, but your business is on it. Yes. So even though you've lost momentum personally, it doesn't mean your business has lost momentum. So that's the thing to recognize. It's like if your business is telling you through your numbers that something's off, you need to pivot, right? Mm -hmm. But if your business is doing fine and you're just bored as an entrepreneur and you got to feed that, you've got to really work to temper that or, or have an outlet for that. Like have a, have a group that you get together with to talk about ideas or take a course or do something to, to get that entrepreneur side fed. Mm -hmm. Because again, if not, you run the risk of like just pressing all these harebrained ideas down (laughs) to your team. And by the way, your business is doing just fine. If you just leave it the hell alone. alone. Yeah, exactly. So what are your thoughts? Tim Uh, Tim senior, my dad, I I think you, have you met my dad, Tim senior? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Great. dude. Yeah. So he, he said this to me uh, like a year ago. He's like, you're really great at starting things and getting things going but you don't want to do this other stuff. And that's why we're doing it for you. And I was like, 
Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, he just, he basically articulated <laughs> yeah. better than I did exactly he, what we just and said. He yeah. saw it. Like, remember yeah. that? He's like, I, you're I really great vividly, at starting yeah. things, but man, you really just don't want to keep going. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. Right. So good point. The business may not be going bad or go, turning around unless your numbers are telling you, but yeah, it, it could be just your board. Right. And gym trainer brands do this a lot. They come yep. up with these wacky training, you know, programs that it's because they're bored. Their clients are just, you know, progressing just fine. Yep. So for me, uh, and this has happened several times in the last 10 years, we have great years and we have shit years and it's just part of where we are. I mean, we're not like Rick where he's just been on the straight diagonal top <laughs> yeah. right graph his whole life. Yeah. It's yeah. great years. Oh, and, just- and I have to sit back and especially in the marketing company, just everything changes overnight out of nowhere. Something will change and nothing works. And then all of a sudden it works again and we go all in. So what I've found is, we have to go all in when it's times are good, yeah. all in, make hay when the sun shines is what we say. And, and when it's not, I know at least we've got enough to carry us through. Let me sit back and analyze. It's really slowing down and looking at what is going on because we go in a million different directions, especially at ProFit. Because again, it changes. Yeah, market. We're coming yeah. up with this idea and this idea and this works and we're testing this and splitting that and we're working. the. So yeah, it's just taking a big fat step back and slowing your ass down and seeing because what we did a lot of times is like, awesome, that works so well. Let's try something yeah, else. Sure. And it happens all the time. So we go back to that thing and it's working awesome. It's just stay, just stay with it. Yeah, right. Stick with what and, works. And in this day and age, there's so many ways to communicate ideas. This way, Instagram. Yeah, this is a way. <laughs> so you run the risk of like losing your audience if they think that you're scattershot, right? So they sure. feel like they're just getting a grasp on maybe what you're, where you're headed. And then, bam, you're off. And yeah. it's just that entrepreneurial mind that's spewing yep. out. on, and, and that's good. But at the same time, you got to be really careful because you'll lose them, right? You'll lose them, yeah. What about when it comes to a business? Something that came, I think it was another podcast I was listening to. I don't remember which one. But they were talking about the highs and lows of business. And when you have a business that's, let's say, I don't want to say stagnant, but it's not growing at the rate that you expect it to. It's not the position you're in today. It's what was done to put you in that position. You guys ever have those like, you know, those heart to hearts with yourself or your business on, oh my God, I mean, this is where it is today. What have I been doing that got me here as opposed to what can I do to get me there? Do we ever run into those lulls where it was a matter of, hey, cool, oh, I was wrong. I, I haven't been doing that work. I haven't been doing my 20 miles. I haven't been. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean this happens to me all the time. I mean, if you just look at my first brick and mortar, when I'm talking about different concepts and things, I find myself doing talks, you know, lectures at, at different events. And I will consistently say over and over, you know, we used to do that or we used to do this or we used to do this. And I'm giving people tips in the audience yeah. on customer service techniques or little things that were, that would enhance the customer experience. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm speaking in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, we don't even do that anymore. Like, why are we not doing that? Right? <laughs> yeah, we so should be doing that. I'm literally sitting in the audience listening to myself, yeah. and I immediately go and yeah. tell my team, don't, hey, let's, th- these things worked really well. Why did we get away yeah, from that? It's, it's kind of like they don't really know, right? So that's what happens when you've been in business that long. But um, I think there's that. And then there's also like, you know, the entrepreneur's job is to try to figure out what's next. You know, sure, absolutely. I always use this analogy with a Wayne Gretzky, right? I loved it. There was oh, yeah. a, a great book about him and, and somebody asked me, it wasn't very athletic, right? So you look at him and he's like kind of skinny and scrawny, but you know, a lot of people argue he's the greatest hockey player of all time. Yeah, he is. So 
a sports reporter asked him one time, you know, pretty pointedly, like, hey, man, you're not that athletic. You know, how are you so good at hockey? And yeah. uh, he had a great answer. He said, you know, it's pretty simple. Like, I don't skate where the puck is. I skate where the, the puck is going. Yeah. So that's exactly how we feel like with our business. It's like it's my job to take a step back, look at the from crop duster height, look at the big picture and figure out where we need to skate all the while not disrupting what we're currently doing, which might actually be working, right? Yes. So I may see the writing on the wall that like, okay, this is probably not where we need to go. Um, so let's, but leave my team alone. Let them keep plugging away. Yep. And here's some things we'll need to pivot to in the future and start skating that yeah. way. So I don't know, it's, a, it's a art, man. It's hard, it's hard work. It really I feel is. like Rick, I've known Rick a long time and I've known a lot of like ins and outs of his own business. And I've seen it change. I feel like you do this better than anybody, better than me for sure, but better than anybody. He's always looking out and it's mostly, and I, and I think this goes back to who you hang out with. I think you, I think you hang out with some big thinkers, some big next level guys well guys. here aren't i i mean come well, on <laughs> yeah come on <laughs> like i feel like you not that you get the inside stock tip but you see what they're seeing you think like they're thinking and you hear what they're saying and it's all of a sudden well wait a minute and you bring that back and it's it goes to that guy sitting in the seminar hearing the guy that's doing what they want to do telling them what to do but you're the guy that goes and does it versus the guy, like the 99% of the people that go to a seminar and they just sit there and they hear all, all the direction. They just go eh, and they don't do anything. So I think the winners do take action. And it comes back to the podcast we just did earlier today. Take action. Uh, you're, if your intention doesn't meet, if your action doesn't match your intentions, you're lying to yourself. And you're so you never actually have to hit. do work is what oh you're saying? Oh, my God, right? It's amazing. You just have to amazing. think it. You have to think Let's it. Let's just end this now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need to know. Do work, right? Do work. All right. So that's probably, that That concludes the uh, the real part of the episode. Let's talk some shop here. What, How uh, about, oh, all right, so, so oh, kind of to, to spin off of that, but yep. along the same lines, shiny ball syndrome, fitness, offers, things that are happening in our marketplace. At the, we basically just came off of saying, "Hey, stick with what works." That's Mark, what we just said. You know what I mean? With with the majority of the belief, right? We, we don't be ignorant to the fact that the the next thing is coming, and you should be aware and observant and have one eye on that. But at the end of the day, don't change who you are in order to go pursue that. Some of the things that are happening in marketing, some of the things that have been offering offered and very popular lately. Mm-hmm. Um, have have kind of deterred and dis- I mean, for lack of a better term, they've disrupted the marketplace. In our you know our opinion, our beliefs. What is how how do you co- either either save yourself from actually ha- having taken that position, or how do you address certain things when you know the entire industry is now executing an offer that you don't align with or it doesn't meet your it doesn't make sense with your business model or your lifetime client value. It's not supporting your goals. How do you make yourself stand out when everybody else is doing X, but you're here trying to sell Y? Well, I think you just answered the question. Everybody's doing X. Everybody's doing X. You if want to be everybody's doing X, you probably don't want to do X. Because uh, mo- if the masses are already doing it, you're probably skating to where the puck is now. You're not skating to where the puck is going, right? You're yeah. going to miss it. So listen, it's, it's a little bit of dark magic and dark art. And, you know, like you don't always, you don't always hit a home run, right? Sure, you swing absolutely. and miss a good deal. And that's part of being an entrepreneur. But um, I think just, you know, upskilling yourself, standing back, looking at markets, looking at conditions, figuring out where there's gaps, letting your team do their work. And then, you know, when you feel like it's time to pivot, you communicate it clearly to the team and why and when and, and mm-hmm. have a plan of attack, right? 
right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough question, man. It's, it's, it's a good question, it's but it's, it's tough. tough it's tough for us. I mean, as a marketing agency, we want to provide the answer that our clients are looking for, as well as the at the opposite end of the coin, knowing what it takes to be successful in a, in the fitness industry in sustainable growing business. We want to give them the right answer, not the yeah. answer that they need now. Listen, I'm not, I'm not just doing this because it's the podcast, but I just want to prop you guys <laughs> yeah. for a minute. I mean, I'm, we're not good at marketing. Like I'll be the first to admit, like I'm pretty good critical thinker, but because of the pace, certainly of digital marketing mm-hmm. and how it changes, it's super difficult. So I don't envy you guys being in that spot, yeah. but I have to say you guys have done a pretty good job. Well, I thank mean, you. a lot of these guys are here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. You know, a lot of it's smoke and mirrors. Like what kind of online persona can you create for yourself? Yes. But um, you guys really do good nuts and bolts work. You really do. Thanks, man. And you Thank dig you. in and you do right by folks. So, yeah. yeah. Try our best. Give you guys you know? some props for that. Doing our best. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard, dude. I don't envy you. Like, no. it's much easier to be providing, like, a, a brick and mortar solution or something like that. But marketing is just, it just changes so fast. It does. And it's it so does. complicated. So, I feel for you guys, but you could do a good job of it. And we've, t- we've talked about that how many times, how things change, mm-hmm. right? And how things change. So, and I know what you're alluding to, and I would love to hear Rick's thoughts here. And it's really about, we were talking, I guess it was on a Facebook Live. Marketing companies that are coming out of the woodwork mm-hmm. here and there are creating plays for the gyms to run. Yep. And they know it works because it worked at the last place and the two places before that it worked. And they're basically selling a so, turnkey solution, mm-hmm. marketing they give the meal plans to the gyms. They give the training plan. Like you're going to have these guys train X times a, a week and they're going to do this style of training and they're going to eat this nutrition plan in this program that I'm going to market for you. And it blows my mind that gym owners are listening to marketing companies telling them how to train their clients, how to give nutrition advice to their clients, but they're buying it because they have to fit into the marketing play. The gym has to fit into the way the guys are doing the marketing. What's your thoughts about marketers giving gym owners advice on nutrition and how to train their clients well, just to run the play? Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, listen, it's just a different way to sell marketing, right? Yeah. It's like a different Thank approach. You. It's like, yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's, it's a hook. A, it's a, it's a different hook to sell marketing. So it's a little bit of the tail wagging the dog, I think, right? I mean, mm-hmm. your business, you market your business, A, you identify the job of the product, right? And then you figure out how to create customer experiences around what that, job does for someone Mm -hmm. you know we know in our type of gyms it's not best shape of your life Mm -hmm. so nutrition and all that's important but listen at the end of the day most people that are coming in are buying for community they really are so it's like you're putting all this effort into this nutrition and all that if you're buying into that as a gym owner i would just say you challenge that notion that may not even be what your clients want right (laughs) oh yeah so you're having someone who has a vested interest in selling you something completely different telling you the job of your product to your customer when they don't really maybe know what that job is, right? It, so yeah, it, I don't know. Are, am I, are you following me? That's the big thing. Okay. I think you're yeah. spot on. And, yeah. and what I'm trying to teach gym owners is to wisen up and stop doing this and stop buying this. And marketers, that if you're listening, stop offering this. You're not the expert. I know you're putting a package together to sell the play because that's what gym owners are wanting. But as gym owners, you should need, you need to be professionals. You need to do the job. You need to know how to sell your clients. You need to know how to train your clients. You need to know what they should be eating. That's your job as the professional, not the marketing agency. I think as a, as a, and that's as, a pet peeve of mine. That's, that's why I'm going off this Yeah, way. as a gym owner, you guys, the path of mm-hmm. least resistance is not always the right path 
Like that's really what we're. It, it, that's what it is. Just because this this marketing company is coming at you and saying, "Hey, cool, I have all of this for you for X, Y, Z," that doesn't make it the right play. Just because well, it's you, cheap you and think affordable. About that from their it. standpoint, they're just trying to. It's like here's more content for what we're you know more value for the money that you're spending. Kind of like, hey, we'll give you everything you need. Yeah, no, but for the marketing agencies, I know why you're. We, doing we it. know course, why they're selling it. And sure. for the marketing agencies that are out there that are selling or producing leads for gym owners that can't close the deals, you're forced to teach them how to sell deals, how to get on the phone, what to say to these clients, how to get them in their office, how to close the deal because they're going to fire you. So you have to do it. And I understand it, but it just doesn't, just doesn't align with the, the thought. Like right. this doesn't make well, sense. If to I'm me. an engineering firm and I want to hire a marketing firm, are they going to tell me how to engineer a bridge or a building? Right? No, no. No, they're not. No, they're going to bring me customers. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. like, that's it. And that's, that's where it. it should stop. It's if where you it can't stop. do that as a standalone service. You, maybe you should be doing something else. It go, it go, but it goes back to the, the <laughs> membership. It trials front end revenue is not the lifeblood of these businesses. And gym owners are stuck on that. And we're, if you're going to a marketing company, that's going to tell you, Hey, this is the nutrition. This is the training protocol. And then we're going to market that. And then that clients in your gym, for a, for a set period of time, what do you convert that client into at the end of that? Into your programs. So, that don't so exist I've got this. somebody hooked for by selling an apple, and now I'm again. Now I have to go convert them into selling an orange, and that's the that's the smart marketing play. Like that's what we don't understand. That's mm-hmm. that's the. Right. I guess we're asking gym owners to be a little bit more. You know, yeah. I mean, to, listen, to I have another buddy that owns a marketing company and we were talking and he's mm-hmm. like, listen, I was, you know, my, my focus as it should be was lead acquisition, right? Yep. Like I'm, I'm sending leads to the gyms and then the gyms aren't inherently growing as fast as they should be because they don't know how to do retention. Mm-hmm. So I pivot and start teaching more retention strategies. Then I have people abandoning because now I'm not focused on lead acquisition anymore. So <laughs> that's why I feel for you guys, honestly. I, like I'm yeah. just like, have at it, boys. I, yeah. I mean, you're, you, yeah, you, you guys nailed are, it. You guys yeah, are better it. than I am because that's changing. The competition's changing. It's just yep. this big mix match with everything, and there is no magic bullet, guys. There's there is no magic. Mm-hmm. I think the magic bullet is knowing your client lifetime value and understanding what you can purchase that client for. Right. So if you treat your clients like an asset to your business, we always use the analogy or I do this, this client's worth $4,000. It's a bar of gold worth $4,000. What are you willing to spend to acquire that bar of gold? Right. Yep. And we've got a formula for that or whatever. It's, you know, it's out there, but that's, that's the real number. If you're buying customers and there's a book buying customers, buying customers and, yep. and I'll give it to you. It's in the other room. I give them out. But yeah, it, so our lifetime value yeah. is 15 K just roughly. Right. Um, it costs us about 500 bucks to acquire a new customer. That's a great deal. Now, listen, great. a lot of that depends. You know, that's your gross, right? So, like, what's your profit margin on that? So, say you're at 30%, it's $5,000. Anybody in the world would give 500 to then receive uh, 5000 right? it But how many so. times? Hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout-out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it. So keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. 
as many times as you have five hundred dollars. Right? Exactly. And then that's it goes back to what we were saying, right? Don't keep doing what works. Right. Do what works. Do what yep. works. Stop trying yeah. to. Yep. Yeah. You see how I just rattled those numbers off? Every every <laughs> after we're done that's here, what his brain I'm gonna, sounds I'm gonna, like I'm when gonna, he does math. I'm just gonna send him like an email and be like, "Hey, I need I need these statistics. I need these. Statistics. Yeah, I'm just got, gonna put them in my. He's back got all the statistics. Dude, so right I'm just gonna there. ask him. <laughs> all the answers. Actually, oh. all the answers are in this bottle yeah. right here. Apparently, because that's uh, really not. It's really helping me quite a that's bit. That's really so. good. And I'm gonna give a shout out to the guys, uh, Patty and and uh, I guess Erica. I call her Emily, but Erica. She, they showed us that she when they came out. That. Yeah. She's like, what the hell did you call? <laughs> that's the bottle right there. That, that stuff, that 1792, it's, mm, it's real nice, Clark. Real nice. Real nice. <laughs> real nice. Yeah, it's real nice. Awesome. Okay. So anything else we need to ask this man? We only got him here for a short period of time. Anything you want. Oh. Give it up. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any more stats and statistics? No. Uh, yeah, just, tell, just, tell me about the the latest AK. You got AK or AR? Yeah. AR? Let's talk about let's talk no, about some fun no, things. No, the what? last AR I got was uh, from Daniel Defense. It's a really nice. Mm. I never shoot it, but it's amazing. Mark eighteen. Yeah. Is that, it's is actually it? the uh, no? It's not the Mark. It might be the Mark the eighteen. Sub. It's an SBR. No, yeah, but it's an eighteen inch. So it's not a sixteen not, inch. Nope. Super not accurate. You don't have to look it up. Uh -oh. I don't know the See? It's really you, nice. You. Actually, I'm pretty sure we've. You've shared that with me before. Uh -huh. Show it to me. But when one you're one of the so things, yeah, nice. we're, we're getting obviously whiskey, guns, you know, a handful yeah. of. Just, What's this podcast about again? <laughs> America. We're, we're growing. We're growing. I don't know. There's that's an M U R I America. America. Yeah, I got that. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, a couple Sweet other things balls. though. You travel, right? So I travel time. Let's let's talk about uh, some of the places that you've been. Obviously, your franchise or your your licensees yep. kind of allowed you to to go see the world. Yeah, I mean, you um, think about it. You start something in college. Mm -hmm. You go from your house to your gym. Same schedule that a lot of your listeners look, you know, yep. have. 6 a.m. to noon, right? Eat some food out of a stinky food out of a cooler. Mm -hmm. yep. Maybe squeeze in a shitty workout. Maybe catch a nap in your gym. Yep. And then start back at 4 and work till 8 at night. I mean, that was my life for 10, Talk 12 years, right? Like, yeah. so to now, like... I mean, work at any imaginable weird hour, but I can also sleep till nine or 10 o'clock, right? Yeah. And I can travel to, to do that and then have the opportunity to travel the world has been pretty special. So it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So where's the craziest place there's a licensee? I think I know it, but uh, yeah, it's a good um, too. do you have any in Poland? Uh, we have some in Poland, um, uh, India. India. Cool. We got one in India. We got one in Dubai. Dubai. I was going to yeah. say that's an emerging. Tasmania. Tasmania. So we do this. This is kind of fun. Like every now and then. So do you guys know where that is? Everybody thinks yeah, it's, it's off of Australia. Australia. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, you guys there, have been there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've had people ask me, like, isn't that Africa? I'm like, no, that's Tanzania. It's different. But um, so we do this with our team. We'll talk every now and then because you know you want your team to understand the impact that you're having, right? Which, so, which team? Which company? Really the licensing team, but both. I mean, because okay. the, the gyms are sort of laboratories for licensing, right? Yes. So we practice things there and those become product. So we want them to understand the impact that they're having. And then certainly want our licensees to understand that as well. So we'll get these success stories from the end users of our licensees. Yes. So they're members, right? Yep. So we can help them with their business, but you think there's a, there's a much bigger crowd that's benefiting from what we're doing. That's the end users. They're like our members of our gym, our clients. And so we got one from Tasmania and it was an older lady. And she said, you know, I've been doing alloy and everything in my life is better, including my whippersnippering. <laughs> whippersnipper. So I whippersnippering. <laughs> so I came to the meeting and I brought $50 bill and I said, listen, whoever in this meeting, this is the success story. And we all got a laugh out of it yeah. without Googling it on your phone. Like what is whippersnippering? And no one could get it. I can think about what it might right, what, be. What do you think They're it is? They're child. 
No, skin, hidden skins. You think? Whippersnippering. What? No, whippersnippering. That's what I thought it was. Oh, man. Well, no, it's um, I'm gonna have to Google it. it. It's weed whacking, like it's like weed weed, weed eating, like with a weed eater. It's called a... whippersnippering. Oh my! So I would, everything that, in her life is better. Weed whacker is a weed like, eater. See where my head went immediately. I'll tell you what, though, I'm never using weed whacker again. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, you're uh, whippersnipper. Hey, can you uh, grab me that old whippersnipper? So yeah. you, <laughs> I love that word. It's so so your market, your marketing is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get better at your whippersnippering? Like alloy you trees. Think, like, in, you in you figure out what that means, right? Yeah. Makes you everything imagine? better, including whippersnippering. Yeah. Uh, hidden skins. Hidden skins. <laughs> you know that uh, yeah. the guy's going to have a fun time editing this one. Oh, a- anybody paying attention to this episode is going to take massive value and lots of laughs. That's you know what's cool one. about that, though? Like, yeah. And I know you guys feel this way. Yeah. Like, At the end of the day, um, you could be marketing these little coasters, yeah. right? Or you could be marketing the it, like marketing and business are similar. And so sometimes if you don't take stock of what you really do mm-hmm. and how impactful what we do is yeah, for people, absolutely. I mean, we're really in a life changing business and we get to like put our head on the pillow every night. And if you help a gym sell more, you know, memberships or they're literally changing people's oh, lives, absolutely. right? We talk about all the time. We're not but, selling crack in a corner. No, you're not. <laughs> but at the, you know, when a lot of people are, they're selling cups and they're selling lamps. And mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that makes people's life better, but not really. No, we're right? passionate. And so, but in the day to days, you guys have to admit that a lot of it's X's and O's and blocking and tackling. And that feels a lot like regular business. You could some days, if you didn't think about it, be selling cups sure. or bottles or lamps, sure. right? So it's really nice even for me to dig in every now and then and, and, and try to remember, like, what are we really doing for people, right? That's a good feeling. We're really doing a good job. We're yeah. doing something uh, that's noble. We're not just yeah. selling widgets, you know? So yeah, it's cool. That's so super cool. You get all these little testimonials from all over yep. the world. Do you do anything with those? No, I guess just, we should. Just feed the team. I'm still hung up it. on whippersnippering. I, I know a marketing company he can toss those to that yeah. can you know, help. Yeah. That, That's yeah. a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, maybe, mm. maybe. Eh, we'll figure it out. All we'll those guys it. are hacks. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. They're, they're the worst. <laughs> they're the you, worst. We already have that you know, product. It's I, I, already I was there. reaching out to a company like that to say, help me market my licensing company. And all they wanted to do was sell me nutrition plans and tell me how to work out my clients. So <laughs> just dropped them and moved on. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm looking for, fellas. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Oh, the truth. <laughs> this is the, the truth. truth. Comes I'm the keto <laughs> and kettlebells. I'm like, no, yeah. that's not what we're trying to do here. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good question, though. How do you handle fads like that? Fads they're, they're, are big. Like, you know, fitness, fit, they're everything. No, Come yeah. and go. I mean, Great question. Instagram's a, a beautiful thing, but at the same time, like it is taking people's attention and putting it in, you know, detox tea and swimsuits. I don't know, but <laughs> right. at, at the shapes. same time, like you know, like there's it's impressionable. People are impressionable. This spills over. Keto is taking off. You know, there's a million different. You like, you know, we can go back and trends, whatever. Yep. How do you, as a as a actual business that's built on knowing fitness, knowing nutrition, knowing what these things actually bring to the table, how do you address that with your clients that are coming in looking for something new all the time? Yeah, that's a good the question. next latest and greatest. You know, we we just, again, it's like take a step back, take a breath, look at the big picture. Like what do most diets, you know, fad diets have in common? Right? Calorie reduction. Calorie reduction. Eat lean protein. Unless it's keto, eat more fat. Yep. Maybe have some vegetables. Veggies. I mean, it's like yeah. it, there's pivots and like little shifts in that. But for the most part, it's just another – they're elimination diets that are going to cut something out. And, and they're Reduce all going to work. And they're all going to work. And they're all going to work for a while. Right? Sure. So we're like, you can do keto. 
Like it's fine. It's not going to kill you. Yeah. You're going to you're going to get enough energy in your body to live. So it might work. Go for it. But I guarantee you it's not going to work forever. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be on South Beach and then you're going to be on you know, Adkins and then you're going to be on, you know, veggie. I mean, whatever, right? <laughs> yep. All of it works for a while. So change it if you want. Like we'll coach you on however you want to do it. Yeah. We'll give you the ups and downs, but at the end of the day, it's only going to work for a while. And then you got to change. Then you're going to change. If you, especially if you don't stick to it. Anyways, I, I always say the diet that works is the one that you can stick to. Yeah, I agree. They all work. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I was well, just agree. talking to a guy at the gym the other day. I, I work out at a different gym down the street and they run our programs. And I ran into this guy who worked for the DEA. So it's just like rocked up. Like, you know, he's yeah. a man's man. Yeah. Yeah. You guys would like him. He's a cool yeah. dude. And uh, he was saying, yeah, man, I lost like 30 pounds on the keto diet. Okay. I was like, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, I gained every pound back. Interesting. And so now he's on to like some other diet and he's lost 20 pounds. So he's on this like 25, 30 pound yo-yo. Yeah. Like all the time. But, and I asked him, I said, well, how do you feel about that? You know, going up and down. He's like, oh, I've been doing that my whole life. So basically he'll just jump on the latest thing that comes around and Gain it and lose it. Yeah. You know? Sounds very it's, similar. It's a, tr- it's a trend. It's I, that, yeah. that, that's the, probably the ultimate trend, I think. Well, if something is on <laughs> that trend. That is the diet trend. <laughs> something is on trend by default, it's going to go off trend. Off trend. That's <laughs> a, yeah, it's, like, it's a trend. That's sure. the nature of a trend, right? Yeah. So if something's on trend, it's going out. There you go. We'll so for, for, for your non-business, <laughs> not your business owner listeners, but maybe end user listeners. Yeah. You know, or even business owners. Like if it's trendy now, I guarantee you it's not going to be like all these hit we talk about that course yep. they run their course everything runs its course as, so as big as crossfit has been yeah. it's run, i feel like it's run its course of course yeah. it has there's more clubs closing than there are openings. Yeah. we know that yeah that's a fact so yeah. and if you look at like maybe an orange theory right amazing they're batting a thousand not one store closed it's early innings but that's really good but everything has a shelf life so the real key to making the big money in these things is to come up with what's next right Scale it quickly, take a big round of capital or sell it or whatever and yep. move on. Move on. Soul cycle girls. I mean, those kind of things. I mean, it's 88 million bucks. I mean, everybody wants that. Do they do they sell? Yeah. The original, the original mm-hmm. ones sold? They did. Yep. So, and the, the key is, um, actually, one of those ladies is now involved in WeWork. Right? Okay. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty pretty dynamic folks. But the, the thing that makes it hard and the thing that drives people like us crazy is you don't sit in a room and consciously decide what's next. You just don't. Right. Like you end up with the right trend. You might recognize it at the right time. You hit strike while the iron's hot and you blow it up. Yep. But for us to sit down and be like, all right, we're going to think What's tank this. What's the next thing? What's the next big you thing? What, what should we do next? It's right. like, you can't do it. You can't know? do it. No one can do it. No, unless, well, right. You, they don't know. When they're doing it, they still don't know. It's no. the thing. You can create a culture that can recognize it sure. and, and, and lean into it. Or the environments it. to inspire it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah, happen. You can have a culture that inspires thinking about what's yeah, next. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or trying to recognize groups. it. Yep. You know, coaches, yep. things like that. They can open and expand thought. But, but to sit down and say, hey, what's the next what's franchise going to be? I mean, like, not going to lie. We love whiteboard sessions, but that's not ex- that's not the place that, you know, the next idea comes from. Not ever. the big ones. I mean, that's not your next trend. Not the, not the trends. Like, no. how can you ever? You can't can't do no. it. We, so. we can we can structure processes. We know how to make things, you know, we can execute on a whiteboard. But that idea, you know, yeah, you can't yeah. sit around and force something like that. So we're happen. all hedging our bets, right? Yeah. Hit the right market at the right yeah. time, the right product. Well, and you recognize it when it's there and then you blow it up. Well, quick. the thought process that you've put yourself through to do this alloy and what the direction you are going, it makes sense. Yeah, like logically, I'm it like, makes sense. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Let's now, go that way. We could swing and miss. We could knock it Crush. out of the park, right? Crush. It's like, 
but that's the risk. That's the fun part of that's it, being an entrepreneur. That's what you're doing an entrepreneur, yep. 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 So that's, what, that's, that's what you do. So yeah. as, a, as a seasoned entrepreneur, as somebody who's built you know, successful old. businesses. That's I said seasoned. No, 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 no. I don't mean that any way disrespectful. I mean seasoned in, in the fact that like you've seen success in in, in multiple factions, yeah. right? So you you've you've actually proven it's not just this isn't an overnight success type of thing. Most most of our audience and most of the business owners that we speak with, I, I believe, aren't in a position to understand you know an exit goal yet, or. You know, hey, my business is in full operations and I take a draw and this things are running and this is great. What do you have? What what's the one piece of advice that you have for somebody who's in the trenches every day, working a full time job, running their facility, slaving, doing the labor? I mean, you know, wearing every hat in their facility. How do they get to that next quadrant? How do they get to that? Man, that's a tough question. You were there. Yeah. You've been there. That's a loaded question. I mean, listen. Systemize your business and you have to do that because essentially you can't scale unless you can teach someone else to do what you're doing, right? The, the, I think Perfect. a great leadership yeah. statement is do only do what you can only do. Does that sound right? Over the whiskey's talking can. now, but <laughs> yeah, only do what only, oh, here it is, only do what only you can do, right? Which Beautiful. basically means, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, I mean, yes, when you first open your business, you have to do everything, but over time, there are things that you don't have to do in our business. You don't have to train clients eventually. Mm-hmm. You might want to, mm-hmm. you don't have to. Maybe you'd rather hire admin. Sure. Maybe you'd rather hire a, you know, an office manager or something like that and stay on the floor. But eventually you have to scale. And the only way to scale is have a systematic approach to what you're doing. So systems, staffing, right? Yeah, well, systems first. Yep. Or you can't scale at all. Yep. yep. And staffing, people that, to do the, do, there's things that need to get done. It's either you're going to do it or somebody else, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Or automate some of it. But yeah, you have to have physical people. And that's what we talk about. It's exactly what we talked about last episode. It's what we coach clients on, right? You have to have things, systems in your business as unsexy as it is. That's the only real way. Yeah, I think that I, I know. Be, you know, like, it's a really weird thing coming to the table saying, "Hey, we're we are where we are as a marketing company because of marketing." But at the end of the day, the the thing that's going to help most of the people that we're working with today is not only it's not just marketing. It's the systems that makes marketing actually work. Yep. Unfortunately. If if you don't address the the vessel, you know that's carrying you to success, and you throw a bunch of people into that boat, where's that boat going, guys? It, it's done, and and we're, we're trying to show the the important. And the reason I asked that question is because I I knew where your thought process was sure. going to lie. The the processes and the the things that you do in a daily operation, the things that run your business, is what makes your business successful. It's not how many people you throw in the front end next month. No. And, well, I'll tell you. And like I think when we, I th- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, man. I just think that I think right now gym owners and maybe it's just the industry and the way we're all getting slapped with the ads. We're all getting hit with with the next latest greatest thing and shiny ball. And and I understand it's overwhelming, but at the end of the day, if you don't know your business through and through, if you aren't, if you don't have the processes in your business to make your business successful without all of that, then adding that is not going to save your business. No, no, mm-hmm. that's just, yeah, that's just adding complexity to shit too already. Yeah. So, but I remember when we, um, so when, when Tim knows our story, so in 98, we did like we did a million bucks in training out of three thousand feet in nineteen ninety eight. Awesome. And shit. Some yep. people listen to this weren't even born in ninety eight, so maybe. Yeah, that'd be pretty close, but maybe ninety five. But yeah. Anyway, so in ninety nine rolled around and we had a bunch of our guys leave, right? Yeah, right. And so um, almost went out of business. 
And the first thing we did was, again, okay, we don't want this to happen again. We're going to own every process in our business, right? So we're going to systemize everything. Well, it's like, well, where do you start? Because I was literally on the floor, like some of the audience here, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night. Like, where does that start? It's like, well, I literally came out of pocket, paid someone to follow me around with a notebook and said, let's just start with the thing that's the most obvious, which is the training itself. Let's Mm -hmm. just start with the, the that. I mean, I knew that, right? That I knew. So let's systemize that. So basically, like, client comes in, they have this injury or this goal or whatever. Like, how do we fit them into our programming? And I had somebody follow me around for like six weeks with a notepad and turn that into some kind of a manual so that I could at least hand it over and like spend a couple of shifts not coaching. And I could tell someone else like what to do. That's how it started. That's how it started. Yep. And it was literally in notebooks and it became Word documents and spreadsheets and then an app, you know, but it's it's just the trajectory. Yeah, it's just the overall journey. But that was it. Start with something simple. And that's awesome. It goes back to our, our podcast about staffing and yep. creating your org charts and your job descriptions and making sure that there's somebody filling the role because I mean, not... at some point you have to turn and say, this is how we do things. Yeah. Yes. And, and what is, what is, what does that mean? Right? Yep. What is that? I think a really good way to do it today is video. We do, we do a lot of stuff. We have a little mini corporate manual and some stuff at the front that we do all on video, like a screen share. Here's you click this, you go over here and drag that. This is how this is done. You can start there. You can do, you can do a video like this and talk to the screen like you're telling somebody in a meeting how to do something. Have some documents that go with it. There's your yeah. training manuals. Could be could be digital. Yeah, sure. we sure. I mean, like you guys. We have a learning management platform, right? Yeah. So like we have a new coach that comes on board. You give them access to the that we have a online training cert that they can take. So it's like okay, we know that they they know the working parts of our programming right. and how to right. do it, right? So I mean that takes a minute to build, but you can start with something. That's really, truly, do you feel like that's the only way, obviously, to scale out and get, get your How weight? many times do you guys hear on coaching calls? I know you do, and certainly, Randy, you at yeah. this point as well are hearing from people like, well, I hired somebody, I hired a really good person. Yeah. I hired a really good, like, I hired a really good coach. They're really good at kettlebells, so they're going to be, they're really going to help me out. I'm like, I'm just, and when you hear that, you just get that cringy feeling like, oh, that's, you're just so not going in the right direction, right? <laughs> or like, oh, I hired somebody who's really good at this or really good at that, and it's like, I mean, it's okay, but like they're not a company person. They're not running your right. systems. Right. You've hired sort of a rock star expert to come in, and they're just running their processes in your business. It's like, oh, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> so, you know what I mean, right? Yes. It's very much when so. they oh, say yeah. that, what they don't mean is like, hey, we're building a, a you know an ops manual. They mean like, oh, I've solved it because I've got an outside source <laughs> that's going to come in and do it for me. I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. that's not the way we do it. We've, yeah. t- we've talked about that, about your hiring process and about hiring candidates that are the most qualified on paper versus something who's coachable, somebody yes. who you can mm-hmm. actually take through your systems and processes and, yeah. implement and, and have them execute because of their personality and the things they bring to the table yep. that aren't necessarily education. We changed the, ex- the entire way we mm-hmm. look at candidates. We used to only look at the CSCS coaches, the guys that have these <laughs> yeah. degrees and they're seasoned and they, they're, you know, they're worried about the dorsiflexion or the angle, the posterior chain. They want to teach the clients this and this is, they got these great ideas and, and then they, the clients hate them. They just hate them because it's right. too slow. It's boring. So the coaches that do well in our environment are the ones that care. One, they're motivational. They're happy. They're, they're friendly. Maybe they're not the most educated, although many of them are. They're, that's not important to our clients as much as we, I thought that used to be. It's well, about the environment that they're in. But to speak to that, it's not because it. To elaborate on it, because it's important, you control and as an organization the programming. Correct. 
It's n- yeah. they're 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 not they're, the coaches, they're right. exactly yeah. they're not in charge of going and executing what they bring to the table. Their job is executing what you as a facility and as a brand bring to the table. So that's important. Well, it's not it. like you go to Starbucks and you're like, hey, I want a, you know, a latte and the barista just whoops up whatever they want. And then that's my point. Like exactly. you make the latte that you expect. Starbucks. You get the same one in Seattle as you get in Atlanta. Yep. Right? Exactly. And, you, and for that reason, right? Yeah. And we talked about controlling the client experience. Yep. And that has to happen from a facility, so, not from a trainer. So let me give Alloy Licensing a really fat plug in the wall here because this is exactly what you create. Yep. This, so, so for the gym owner who's got a bunch of trainers doing all individual programs and, and the, the experience is different for every client that trains with each coach and you have no control, Alloy Personal Training Solutions is the answer for that where you have a standardized training protocol and then the coaches use that to train the clients instead of coming it up with their own, right? I feel like you're asking me to tell the haircut story. Are you? I talked. I, t- I said that story already. Did you? Did. Yeah, did you, you recently. Can't, you you he, can't tell that story already. I've read. The, I've read the same book as you. Man. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like you can't tell the story, bro. You're you stealing t- my thunder, you, man. You, you tell. Uh, you actually. I don't think I told the story on the podcast. You did. A hundred percent. I know for a fact. I stole yeah. your thunder, brother. Why am I even here, man? I don't even know. Like, what are we doing? I don't know. Oh, do you have any more stats that we could just like? Yeah, really? like what, what else do you want to know? Hey, oh, here's some interesting stats. So, I do. I do have some good yeah, stats. He always has. Hey, hold, you want to go back to some of the things? Stats that, time. Yeah, exactly. Stats time. All right, let's do things some stats. that keep us interested. All right, so here's some stats for you. Who wants to? Hear, do you want to hear stats? I know you do. <laughs> yeah. So basically, look. If you're running a, a mostly what we call team training, which is a group training model, I'm not, I'm not like, let's get yeah. serious for me. Yeah. All, all right. right. Real stats. Game that, that game whiskey's kicking. All right. Look, me, so fill a cup in game phase. Yeah, please. You hit me up. Yeah, gotcha. All right. Look, if you're running a, what we call a team training model, which is, you know, large group, yeah. the average churn rate. So attrition rate per month is 10%. Okay. So that's per month. Per month. So it doesn't take a lot of complicated math to figure out. That's 120% yeah. in 12 months. <laughs> so that means you're churning all of your clients over in around 10 months. Yeah. So you're turning over all of your clientele in 10 months. If we look at a personal training model, not team training, but like small group small or group. one-on-one, one-on-one, either way, right? The churn rate is 3% a month. Ooh. So that means your retention rate is 65% or you're churning 35% or 36%, whatever, right? Per year. So per you year. tell me. If I'm going to spend $500 per lead, like we talked about before, yeah. do I want 38 months, right, at 370 a month, or do I want 10 months at, at 149? Yeah, one. Yep. I mean, I think the answer is simple, right? It's like, it, so these guys that are going out and starting these boot camps and stuff, I don't know, man. I just think you're crazy. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> stats time. Boom. Who wants stats? <laughs> I, lo- I love this because at the end of the day... <laughs> Uh, our mission is to help oh, business, business owners, people who actually aspire to like ascend through business owner roles and step into a position mm-hmm. where if if and when you want to step out of your business, you have that as a option. That's our goal here. Rick is bringing hard numbers, good, I mean, the logic sound. He's obviously proven himself. I mean, something. Yeah. He's done, he's done okay. But uh, I've been in business 55 years. He's <laughs> not <laughs> 55, is he? Did you know he sang for Queen? Mm, I did. <laughs> I was Mercury. actually supposed to do Live Aid, but Freddie Mercury stepped back in and I gave it up. But, I mean, if you talk to the band, the other guys in the band, they 
pretty much wished I'd done it because it was better. But <laughs> that's I mean, Freddie did a good job, and you got to let him have it. I mean, you know, he's, he's, look, he had look, some health look, issues. We wanted look, to let him do it. And it turned out all right. Pretty good. Have you seen that Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but like I, you know, when you do public speaking, like yeah. it, you just want that moment, right? Yeah. Like that, that perfect moment, right? Like that Live Aid performance at the end of that show. If that doesn't give you chill bumps, oh, oh yeah, you're insane. That was awesome. Here's what's crazy. You, you see that show. You, you saw the Live Aid, the real, the YouTube, and they pan over the audience and it looks packed, right? It's like, oh, my God, there's thousands of heads. I think on the stats I looked up, it was like 55,000 people. And then I was like, holy cow, I played at Tennessee and there's 108,000 people. It just doesn't make any sense. But I've never seen that many people in a concert. It's like, oh. Oh, I would crap my pants. Well, <laughs> and the thing is, they're eating out of the palm of his hand. Yeah, and he's, he's, music's he's one of those things. And, yes. yep, and the yeah, whole yeah, crowd's yes. repeating it. It's like, yes. that's awesome. Dude, yeah. It does. Music has... Millions worldwide are something. That. There's millions. something about music yep. that makes... It, it ties us together. It ties us to the... the our, our, like, you're drawn in. You, it, it's, it, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's SEC football so also. I will say that also. I mean, come on. Yeah, NCAA football. SEC, SEC football. pretty much brings us together as well. I'm going to be honest, guys. There's no conference like SEC conference, and I live in a Pac-12 <laughs> my whole life. Arizona State. We went, my dad took me to games. Well, the thing about that is, it's like seven on seven. They don't play any defense, so like, I mean, you know, dude, you, it's the you culture. came over there. It's, it's like, the yeah. culture. Yep. The the SEC. I don't care where you're from. SEC dominates the culture of football and the quality so on the field. Right I believe now. me, yeah. dude. So happy to hear him say that. Dude, I don't care. I've been to every conference, and I've seen the quality. I've played against a few, Big Ten and SEC and Pac-12 or whatever, and it's SEC every time. Speed on the field. Get on the field in Big Ten that are just giant trees. They're massive humans. Or Not so much speed over one there. One variable. But SEC, the most athletic. But it's not even that. Forget about that. The, the culture of the town, of the football. Oh. Did you, ever play, drive, did you ever play at LSU? No, the year after they went down and played LSU. Drive through the south. But I went to a I went to a, a tailgate. I went to the game. It was ULM versus LSU the very next year after I left, and I went down there, and it was. I've heard like, their night games are absolutely. It insane. was a night game. It was at seven p.m. and and Thursday day, the whole tailgate section was packed full of RVs, and there was freaking barbecues going. And we're walking in the tents, and I'm high fiving people. It's like, woo, yeah. Nuts. Purple and gold everywhere. I did it at Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia. And I haven't been to Georgia, but I've been to those at least. And it's oh, it's amazing. It's and you're, so cool. You know, like, um, you guys remember when the Falcons got in trouble for piping in fake noise into the that, stadium? Do you guys team? remember that? I didn't know that. So a team? No. Yeah, they, they, uh, that's I did a not football hear that. team in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a strange. I've heard of them once. It's a professional <laughs> team. NFL? Yeah. Yeah, so not, yeah. They have a beautiful so, stadium, don't they? They do. Mercedes-Benz or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But So the Falcons got in trouble one year for piping in sound into the playoff game, yep. right? Interesting. And everyone's like, why would they need to do that? I'm like, well, because no one cares about the Falcons. Because if you live in Atlanta, if you do business, you end up in Atlanta, right? Uh-huh. We are literally a two-and-a-half-hour drive from all the schools you just named and all the schools that win championships, right? It's an hour and a half to Clemson. It's a couple okay. hours to Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, obviously. Georgia Tech, South Carolina, Tennessee. I mean, they're all right there. I guess I never thought about that. So, every, so there's huge fan bases the for Falcons, all those schools. So the when, Fal- the Fal- they when Sunday any- football rolls around, no one cares. No one's around. No one cares. Here's You want to hear something sad? Arizona State, they were the only one around here. 
They have 65,000 students, and, and it's like ghost town in there, especially if they're not winning. It's That's just, crazy. It's bad. And even in the big games, let's just say USC comes and it's the Arizona State-USC, the corners of the stadium are empty. It's just like, come on, guys. You have no idea how awesome this is. This, it's fair weather. It's just Pac-12. I don't know what to say. And it's a big school. It's a great stadium. They did a bunch of re- renovations. But the fans here, go to a Diamondbacks game, can you hear a pin drop in the stadium? Bad. Yeah. Bad. Well, I mean, to speak to that, though. We're all in it down no, at Lake Havasu. Arizona is also, I mean, granted, the, the fan base in Arizona is very new. You know, it's the newest state of all 50. The sports teams are, most are under 20 years. They they spent here in the state. I can understand that because at the same time, as a Chicago transplant myself, I go to a Chicago game at any of those venues and I have a packed fucking stadium of home game for right. me. You yep. know what I mean? And I want to be at every, exactly in Here, Arizona. Yeah. You, there's no better. Like, I mean, I enjoy Blackhawks games on that, that venue because I love that stadium It's very vertical. You see any, you know, everything from every seat in the house. It's, it's a blast. That's but lacrosse, it's, right? But <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, the sli- it's, it's slippery lacrosse. I don't know. Mm, shreddy. Um, <laughs> it's, I think there are playoffs now, aren't they? I don't know. My team's not in it, but. Is also look, but my, my point is though, because of the, the teams and the, the the it's so new, yeah. I don't think a lot of those teams have the heritage, have the like no. the, the there's not a lot of transplants, yeah, exactly. Too. Arizona's okay. a very transient city, Half Atlanta. Atlanta. there's not a lot of people from Atlanta, really. Is that true? Them. Yep, yep. You go to like Frank's hometown, Boston Proud, right? Oh, they're all from there, like generations, generations, yep. 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 They grew up there, it's like everybody's from there, and I get it. And, and that's why I almost feel, and maybe this isn't the same for Atlanta for you, but the clients that are with Frank or whatever, and he's in, they stay for years. They're there. They're like hometown pride. They have this pride around the business. Here, I mean, and maybe with you, like the newest shiny thing comes to town. Everybody's, and it's not just our gym, but it's just like every same, big box. Same with gym. us. Like we have all that competition because it's such a high income, low cost of living area, yeah. right? So. Yeah. The metrics look good on paper, so every brand Everybody comes can. there. Yep. But absolutely, like no one that lives in my area is from my area, so there's no like hometown right, yeah. allegiance, yeah, to the, to the hometown guy. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Interesting. It, Never we'll, thought about that. We'll, as, we'll as have a our reason time. Why we'll have our time? It's, I mean, I'm making excuses. How, uh, quite frankly, no offense. I, I mean, you know your roots. Like I'm still a Chicago fan through right. and through. Like, yep. like I no, I, I will support Arizona teams, but I'm not going to change my allegiance because. I moved here 10 years ago. Like, okay, well, you're him. out. No, come on. No. I mean, I moved he to Atlanta. He says that, and then we're going to go to a game like next week. <laughs> right. <laughs> I moved to Atlanta like a million years ago. I feel but like I'm still we're going into Texas Joe teams. Rogan podcast length here. So, we are. We are. We are. Seven hours later. <laughs> yeah. like, we're, we're, we're in the yeah. middle. <laughs> let's talk about beef jerky and hunting. Right. Well, yeah. we'll wrap this up right well, now. Well, we could, too, that, that very easily. We'll we wrap. Do that. I'm, I'm down. What's that? We're going to hunting, red meat, like like you hunt your own food. What's you up? go tonight? Well, no, he's leaving us. He's got to fly out to my hometown tomorrow. I'm actually he's, flying he's to busy. Chicago. I'm going to do yeah. um, uh, Stephen. Havlix. Uh, Are you he's doing going, a coaching yeah. thing yeah. with yeah. him? Yeah. That's sweet. We're, we're going to dial in some some uh, automation, some awesome. systems. I love that. It's the same thing we did for Jerry and, and Casey. It was it's That's really cool. Awesome. So I'm going to be out. Are you still using Infusionsoft for that? I am, yeah. Sorry to say, but it's my favorite. We use Club OS, so we'll just have to get together on that. Yeah, yeah. Integrations. Yeah. Mm. Integrations. <laughs> to integrate that Cut. Too. Things that right. work together. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Rick, whipper thank- snipper. <laughs>
hidden skins. Dude, I don't know if this is ever going to get aired. This will never get This part aired. makes it. It's never making it. Well, maybe a minute and a half worth of content out of this whole seven the, hours. The introduction. Oh, my God. Uh, ten, uh, All we uh, need is 10%, Elon. 3, 3% 10% is better than seven, the 20 mile marches. Seven minute abs. <laughs> we just need Joe Rogan. 3%. Three, Seven percent yellow leather. I have tears. Yellow man. leather. I mean, that's going to be basically the whole podcast. <laughs> Your guy's going to be like, I got forty-seven seconds of content. What do you want me to do? Oh my god, this is the best. Uh, so, uh, needless to say, Rick will be back next week. <laughs> we'll uh, see you guys next week. Oh three my guys god. in a three guys in a bottle of whiskey. Three guys that's in a bottle of whiskey. We're changing the theme of the podcast, I believe. It's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> alcohol fueled business inspiration. I'm pretty inspired. I'll just tell you that much. I'm ready to three percent skate to where the fucking whiskey's going, not where it's at, because we know where it's at. I want to skate where it's going. Hey, you know what else he said? What do you say? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Oh, oh damn man. it! That's a stat I didn't uh, have. That was Jordan. That was I feel it was not Jordan. Jordan, no. No, Jordan, Jordan said like, was like, "Hey, uh, show up! I'm gonna beat you, bitch!" Yeah. Like Jordan didn't. Uh, Jordan like, was like, "Hey, whole different." To my middle school coach that uh, cut me, fuck off. Yeah, I'm in hey, the Hall of Fame. Well, fuck remember everyone. I played baseball? Right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah we all but remember his Hall of Fame speech. He was like that. He's like, "Yeah," and by the way, to my eighth grade coach, like I just want to let him know, like he said this. Yeah, you know he got cut. He said what? He got, he got cut. cut from like his middle school basketball team. From his eighth grade team. Talking about Jordan. Jordan yeah, got cut from his Hall of Fame speech. After all he accomplished, he like went at this motherfucker. Still, he went after him. Yeah, he's that competitive. It still bothers him today. I'm wow. like, after all he's done, I he's gotta still pull that up. Little still YouTube on that. His uh, eighth grade basketball coach. I'm like, and he got guy, some issues, bro. The guy is like feels like horrible. Yep, and he killed himself. Can the three of us agree that he's better than LeBron? Yes. I mean, he's like from more of from my era, so I'm like, yeah. You, do you think him and LeBron in playing the same game? Now, granted, the game's not the same. Uh, sports talk. We're going sports talk. We have been sports talk. Yeah, but, you're right. Yeah. But like, heads up. Like, do you think LeBron brings to the table the same qualities and and, and ability that Jordan did? No, given here's the why. Like, I think if you if they played one on one, LeBron's a beast. Agreed. Like, it would be a close game, but I think LeBron's just a beast, right? I would agree today. But if a true leader and champion is is measured in his ability to like bring up the level of his teammates. There's no fucking Scotty Pippen without <laughs> yeah. fucking Michael Jordan. Who's the Scotty Pippen to LeBron? Nobody. 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 Whoever they buy now. He has to put up 60 or Dwayne they don't win, Wade, right? Back in when they were in the heat. Mr. Chicago. Yeah, and that wasn't even like, that wasn't, that, even, that was, that wasn't even Pippen-ish. Remember the three, Pete? Remember the whole, so like, we, we bought a team, dropped them in Miami, we had to go do this whole thing? They won, though, right? They won. They won one championship. Definitively, the reason that I will all, like, agreed. All right, guys, I'm biased like bias gets i'm from chicago but i'm i'm a, a statistics guy i'm a math guy i love logic how can you argue that lebron is the best player in the game when he cannot come close to jordan's stats not even close is it not close dude he's played more games he's missed more shots he's it like look there's not a stat other than the fact that he's got you know he's got a handful of rings he okay cool he beat him in the most Points scored. Yeah, but it took him. It took him more games. It took him more shots. He missed more shots. I don't. I don't think anybody at this table thinks LeBron's better than Jordan. No, I I don't. That was my question. No, Jordan's the bomb. Like, dude, he was the best. And I don't see anybody. Plus, you know, it's all about stories, right? They don't. 
you, the, the shit he did in the air, he would go for the dunk. And How about defense? Remember when defense was a thing? Remember when defense was a thing in the NBA? Remember yeah. when traveling was co- was called? Dude, well, the yeah. thing about Jordan is he's got all these like stories around him, like come out with a flu, the flu game, puking in a bucket and put up forty eight points. Like nobody's mm, doing that shit no, these days. No, they're he taking just, a nap and all that shit that he came. He's out taking in three his games speech, for his his mental stuff, health ability. That's for... what drives him. That's what makes him crazy, you know. He's... But it made him amazing. He was the best. He still is the best. Is he? Yeah, he's still the best. There's like football. There's like football teams that are sponsored by Nike that now have Jordan. Have you seen? Isn't that, that interesting? Yeah, Pat, it's like Jordan is its own brand. Michigan now. football Perez, has it. My bo- uh, our boy man. Pat golfer. Perez, golfer Pat Perez, local local boy. Hey, shout out to Pat. Let's get Pat on the show. That's a great. I could, Pat's yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to. Pat. Love to chat with Pat. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a Jordan guy. He he only wears Jordans, and he's a golfer. But is he sponsored? Yeah. By, oh, by, he's got the Jumpman jump jump and jump all that. That's oh, so yeah. cool. But isn't he sponsored by Bill Murray Golf? Yes. William Murray Golf? William Murray Golf. So he's got yeah, two? apparel. We were talking about Bill Murray. The, the oh, yeah, we were Bill. talking about some of those. So you, Bill you, Murray. You want to talk about the execution of happiness, somebody who can just go fulfill other people's happiness as a living Talking about Bill Murray, Bill Pat Murray. Perez, and Jordan on the Built to Grow podcast, guys. Can you believe what's happening? <laughs> you never know where it's going to go, guys. <laughs> Stats, 20-mile march. I'm going to Stats, win. 10%, 3%, of 4, 7, 5%. Yes, stats. Six-minute ads. Step into my office. <laughs> All right, I'm cutting my, this off. My new podcast right, is going to be stats. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm cutting this off. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, uh, Rick, for stopping in. And uh, as always, Randy in the house. Until next time, guys, keep changing lives. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Peace. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Built to Grow podcast. And if you're not subscribed already, be sure to go ahead and click that button right now. And if you found value in this episode, I'd love it if you do me a quick favor and rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. See, this lets the platform know that I'm doing something right and people like the content. It would be a huge, huge help and I would be very grateful. Until next time, keep building something great and we'll see you on the next show. Thank you.